0: You're listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Hello, spot-on listeners. Uh, Well, I've been asked to do this episode for so long. You know, what the heck is CBD? And we're going to dive into this. I did my homework, as you know, I always do. And um, the latest statistic that I have is like we're talking uh, $5 billion worth of products contain CBD are sold in the United States. And this is the part where I think is so interesting. It's projected in 2025 that just the CBD beverage market, in other words, where now you're going to start consuming it as beverages is going to go up to 1.7 billion just for the beverages so that's it so when I see these kinds of numbers I'm like okay we need to do this so I understand what this is all about and trust me I'm with you on this because if you don't know anything about this you're you're with the queen right now so I brought in my special friend who is an expert on this her name is Janice Newell Bissett She has a, a master's degree and she's a registered dietitian but she is an expert on the subject because she now is, in addition to be a registered dietitian, she's a holistic cannabis practitioner at Janabis, get it, Janibus, Wellness. And, and she's also a program director of cannabinoid medical sciences in the MS program in integrated and functional medicine at John Patrick University. So we're gonna ask her all about what is cannabis, what is the difference between CBD, and we're gonna gonna ask her a gazillion questions. But first, let me welcome Janice to Spot On.
1: Joan, it's always a pleasure to be with you.
0: Well, I am so. I'm really because I need to be picking your brains because I am so behind this scene and you um, are way ahead of the game. What else is new in life? I just want to tell you that Janice and I have been um, dietitian friends forever, but she jumped over into this um, CBD and, and cannabis um, practitioner world that I know nothing about. And there's a story behind this, and you know how I love stories. So, Janice, why why did you get into this?
1: Well, uh, just five years ago, uh, I was a, a re- practicing as a registered dietitian. I was a cookbook author and did a radio podcast and food blogger. And then my dad had some health issues and was in pretty severe pain. So they gave him all the traditional pain medications, which he didn't like because they made him groggy. And so severely constipated Joan that it required a four day hospital stay. Now, we're dietitians. We could talk about that. I don't think your listeners need details on that, but suffice it to say that was not pleasant. And at the end of the hospital stay, I said to his doctor, isn't there anything else we can do for his pain? And I knew this was 2016. I knew that medical marijuana had just become legal, but I knew nothing nothing about it. I mean, I grew up in the just say no generation. I bought into that. I thought it was a gateway drug and not good. So I was kind of afraid to ask his doctor, but we were desperate. And when his doctor said, I think that's a great idea. I thought, oh my goodness, now I need to do some research and figure out what that's all about. So I did, as every good dietitian would. And I did research. And the more I read, the more I thought, Are you kidding me? This plant has been used medicinally for over 5,000 years, and it's only been illegal for about 80 years? And, and, and I don't know anything about this. So we decided to give it a try. Reluctantly, I was a little hesitant. My dad, my mom, we were all hesitant, but we said, you know what? Let's try it. I got my dad certified, brought him to a dispensary. He was in severe pain. He had multiple spinal fractures. And on the way to the dispensary, he was sort of clutching the, you know, the car door handle. And I knew he was in pain. He never complained. So we got him a, a vape pen. And came home and had lunch. And then he said, all right, we have to figure out how to put the darn thing together. Finally, we got it together, turned it on, and he took a couple of puffs. And he said, I'm going to go take a nap. And he stood up and he said, wow. And I said, are you okay? Are you dizzy? He said, I'm not in pain. And that was the day that I decided to leave my previous Career, business, and go back to school to become a holistic cannabis practitioner because I I just couldn't believe that this plant was indeed medicine and that it could impact people's quality of life.
0: That is so amazing because you know it is so hard to see people that you love in pain. Like you, you, you want to have the pain yourself because you feel like you can handle it better. And, and, the, and you did the traditional route of all these medications and what they did, the darn side effects, put them in the hospital. And then just to go and do this, it's absolutely fascinating. And, and really you were ahead of the game here. And there is, you know, so much interesting information about this. But so help my listeners here.
1: What, what is cannabis? Is cannabis marijuana? I'm confused. Marijuana is a slang term for cannabis. And when it was made illegal in the 1930s, it wasn't due to medical reasons or science. In fact, the medical societies fought against this. It was strictly political and racial. So there were some people in charge who said, we don't like that these black jazz singers smoke this this substance and they think they're, they're, you know, as good as white people. I mean, literally, Joan, I'm not kidding you. These are, these are quotes. It's horrible. And so at the same, around the same time, when we had some Mexican immigrants that came into the country, some of them smoked what was what they called marijuana. So this guy said, we're going to rename it from cannabis to marijuana. And we're going to start this campaign to tell people how harmful this drug is, this plant is. And it worked. I mean, they they put ads in magazines saying if you if you smoke this, you're 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 going to go insane. It's it's bad for you. And so people sort of bought into that, except for the doctors who used to carry it in their medical kits. Uh, they weren't happy, but it has remained federally illegal since 1937. This is a medication that was in the pharmacopeia, which is the the book that doctors use for dosing of different medications from 1850 until 1942. It was in the pharmacopeia, it was it was a medicine and then that was taken away.
0: That is so so interesting. I, I did not know that. That's so so interesting. And here we go. Oh my goodness gracious! When you said that to me, that they they took out ads and they you know uh, said that, that don't you know don't smoke this, don't do this, blah blah blah. It's really bad for you. I'm saying to myself, could you imagine if that was now on the internet? Like how you know how how could you imagine? But then again, there's so much science misinformation on the internet. But it it, it has it, you know it, it's it's no different. It's just now broader. That's so interesting. So they. Have had an agenda, and they said to don't do it, and the, and that scared people, but it wasn't based on science. I did not know that it was um, used uh, that that long ago. So fa- so fascinating. So when did marijuana first get, or I should say, cannabis first get legalized in the U.S.? Well,
1: in 1996, California was the first state to make cannabis legal for medical reasons. And since then, right now, we have 37 states that allow medical use of cannabis and we have 18 states that allow adult use, what they it's often termed recreational uh, use. But so, yeah, it's it's spreading across the country, but we need it to be federally legalized so that we can do better research. Right now, there are universities that are afraid to do research on medical cannabis because they're afraid they'll lose their funding because it is federally illegal
0: interesting interesting so again you know we got to stick with the science we got to stick with the science here because if it's something that could work you know when when it's called medical use then you know that you have your doctor like your father's doctor okayed it and it worked and it didn't have the side effects and anything to, to to see someone you love not in pain anymore now so we have cannabis, right? So what is a CBD? And I want to tell my listeners that Janice has written a simple guide to CBD. It's a, it's a little book, and it's called Fact Fiction and Path Forward. And we're going to put a, a, a link to this, a picture of the book, a link to it on Amazon. And I bought a copy. And we are go. It's this way. If anybody wants to go more in depth in it and, and some fascinating, fascinating information in there. But so can you clarify what is CBD versus cannabis?
1: Okay, cannabis is the plant. So you have a cannabis plant and you also have a hemp plant which is has the same sort of parent. But a hemp plant differs from a cannabis plant in that it has negligible amounts of THC And that is one of the compounds in the plant, cannabinoids, they're called. CBD is a cannabinoid. THC is a cannabinoid. But there are over 100 other cannabinoids in the plant. So in the hemp plant, there is almost no THC, less than 0.3% of the THC, which is the cannabinoid that can be intoxicating. So when people people have a stigma about people who smoke cannabis and they think they're just stoned all the time, they're just like lying on the couch and being all high and stoned. You know, the, the percentage of people like that is is actually quite small. You know, it's sort of like saying, well, nobody should drink wine because some people drink three bottles at dinner. I mean, drinking a glass of wine is perfectly healthy. Same with cannabis. Using cannabis, I would venture to say, is much healthier than drinking alcohol. And for a variety of reasons. I mean, cannabis is a potent anti-inflammatory. It can decrease pain. It, um, it, it can ease anxiety if used properly. If people use too much cannabis, it can promote anxiety. But CBD is is one of these cannabinoids, and it doesn't have the intoxicating effect, but it does have the anti-inflammatory, the anti-anxiety, the anti-spasmodic, all these great beneficial effects without the intoxication.
0: Got it. So cannabis is going to have these cannabinoids so thc which is you saying intoxicating that's what you get stoned and if you again if you have it too much it's going to be problematic but cbd doesn't have that effect but it has the more positive pain relief effect is that what you're saying
1: well yeah but thc is also very good for pain as well i mean thc has a lot of medical benefits It's just that you have to be careful with the dosing so that you don't get those intoxicating effects. And you you can do that. I mean, I, I help people microdose THC. They might just take two or three milligrams, Joan, of THC, which is a very tiny dose, in addition to CBD. And the cannabinoids in the plant all work synergistically. So you want to have a variety of cannabinoids. And there's another thing in the plant that they're called terpenes. And this is what gives the plants their smell, right? So when you smell lavender, that really nice calming smell, that's linalool. That's a terpene that's also found in cannabis and hemp so they all work together synergistically there are flavonoids in the plant you know we're dietitians we love talking about flavonoids and how good they are for us so when you combine the flavonoids and the terpenes and the cannabinoids in the plant it is very very powerful medicine if you just pluck out one cannabinoid it can be it can be helpful but not at all as effective as if you use it together with the other components of the plant. It's like, you're a dietician, Joan. You don't, you don't tell people, you know what? Broccoli is really good for you, but just take a vitamin A pill because that's what's good about broccoli. No, that's one thing that broccoli has that's good, but there are so many other things and it's, it's similar with the cannabis and the hemp plants. Okay,
0: so you can get this uh, medical marijuana, and your doctor has to okay it to get a script for it, and you can get it at a dispensary. But I'm seeing a lot. Like I started this segment off with the CBD products. So we, so if you get something, you know, has a, this is contains CBD, and I'm seeing this all over. In fact, I was. I, no, I want to just tell you something. I was walking down Boston University's. Uh, 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 commonwealth avenue which is the, in the heart of boston so i got we have the city uh in you know uh, interacting with a a, a, a a um you know city campus and i saw a, a, an arvita- advertisement for a cbd product and so the cbd is 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 these products when they say uh, you know um i'm gonna you can buy cbd product is that majority of them in the united states and is from hemp that will less likely have the THC and just only have CBD. Can you explain that a little better?
1: Yes. Yes. If you're buying a CBD product, legally, it cannot contain more than 0.3% THC. So there might be a trace. And the thing with the CBD products is that, unfortunately, there is no regulation. So you can buy CBD at a gas station, at a smoke shop, at Bed Bath & Beyond, but it's, it's ridiculous, Joan.
0: I guess, I guess that must be the beyond in bed, bath, and the beyond. Yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. <laughs> but the FDA did a research study, and they found that 70% of these products are mislabeled. And some of them have zero CBD. So that's a real problem. You have to, be, you have to really do your due diligence, if you are if you decide to to use a CBD product, you need to what I tell people is to look for organically grown because hemp and cannabis are remediation plants, so they draw toxins out of the soil so best to get organically grown I like grown in the u s um, you want to make sure when you buy a CBD product that you ask for a certificate of analysis because As the FDA found, anybody can put oil in a bottle and sell it as CBD. You need to look at the COA, it's called, and see. If it says there are 1,000 milligrams of CBD on the label, you need to make sure that there are really 1,000 milligrams in that bottle. And that will weed out a lot of the inferior uh, products and companies that are out there trying to just make a quick buck. That's so, so interesting. So this is very similar to dietary
0: supplements in a way where the the buyer beware and you're going to make sure that when you buy a dietary supplement too that, you know, that it it has in it what it's supposed to have in it and you want to buy it from a reputable brand. So you're saying the same thing. So when you just, you just can't be, you know put two quarters in a vending machine, and pull out a product. You need to be making sure that it is reputable. So you want to look for that certificate. Can you give us that name again? What was that name of the certificate? It's
1: called a cer- Certificate of Analysis. Certificate of Analysis. C O A. Okay.
0: All right. So in CBD, if you get it, – it, well, first of all, is,
1: is it oil? You just said it's oil. So how does one use it? There are are multiple ways. You can get an oil that goes under your tongue. So you put a half a dropper or a few drops under your tongue. You hold it there for a minute to two minutes. I always tell people take some slow deep breaths and it's absorbed through the membranes in your mouth. Absorbed in about 15 minutes you should feel an effect. And that's one way. So that's sublingual. And then I actually have been working with this water-soluble CBD, which is very highly bioavailable. It's a relatively new technology. So you put a few drops of the CBD in a little bit of water and you drink it. And because of this nanotechnology, it's absorbed pretty immediately, one to three minutes, it's absorbed. So that is, you don't lose any you know, under the tongue or when you ingest it, which you can also use a soft gel. You can take it just as like a daily supplement. So you take your your soft gel or, or CBD capsule and then it goes through the GI system. It goes to be processed by the liver. Now, the issue with that is if some is taking a medication that is processed by what we call the CYP450 enzyme system, there is a potential. It's actually pretty unlikely, but I'm I'm a dietitian, so we're very, very cautious. So there's a potential that there could be an, an interaction. What I worry most about is something like Coumadin or Warfarin, because that's processed by the CYP450 enzyme. So if you take oral, ingestible, I'm not talking about the tinctures, the ingestible CBD at the same time as your Coumadin, they both arrive at the liver and say, hey, metabolize me, and there's not enough enzyme, then it's possible that the Coumadin level could go up or down. And we don't want that because that's a pretty narrow therapeutic window.
0: Right. And for our, our listeners, for those that don't know, Coumadin is a blood thinner and a lot of people that have um, heart disease or have had a heart attack, um, working with your physician, uh, will monitor your, um, ability of your blood to clot. We want it to clot when, when you fall down, go boom, and you bleed, but, but we don't want clots going around with that kind of, you know, um, you know, and of course, um, heart attack. So it's it's a, it's it's something that has to be monitored with your physician. So you're right. So we so you're thinking your doctor gives you this Coumadin to, for a blood thinner, and then you're doing this stuff on the side, and nobody the left hand's not telling the right hand, and there's a potential for this interaction. That's really really interesting. What you said before about this water soluble uh, version of it, I, you know, right away I went bing. My 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 light bulb went off in my head because, you know, I just read that statistics that the CBD beverages are going to be blooming, you know you know exploding, so that said oh that's interesting, so my concern now is okay suppose you get a lot of CBD beverages and now you said there's a water soluble mechanism for it, is it. Are we going to regulate how much CBD is in a beverage and could people be over gulping
1: this? You know, I believe that they are regulating and limiting the amount of CBD. But bear in mind, in some research studies, Joan, they use 300, 600 milligrams of CBD. And typically the beverages have 10 milligrams. So it's unlikely that someone would overdose on, on CBD. I mean, first of all, there's never been... a a death attributed to an overdose of cannabis, never mind CBD. So, but you do want to be careful, especially if there's a beverage that has THC in there, then you, I believe that there's a a brand uh, Levia and they have five milligrams of THC in their beverages. So yes, they are being regulated as far as amounts.
0: Right. And again, is we don't know for some people, and if some people may be on medications like antidepressants or something, there could be a problem with that if you're taking too much of this product.
1: Right, right. It, the research shows, the, the research actually shows that many of the uh, anti-anxiety, antidepressants, the CBD actually works synergistically with them because they, they have similar, CBD is, it's, it's neuro-calming, CBD can sort of potentiate your serotonin receptors and allow more serotonin to stay in your blood, which is sort of a feel-good hormone. Yes, it increases GABA, which is another neurocalming agent in the blood. But it also, we, we all have what's called the endocannabinoid system. Now, I don't think you learned about that when you were in school, nor did I, Joan.
0: Well, if I did, I didn't remember it. That's for sure, honey.
1: <laughs> Put it up there with the Krebs cycle, right? Yeah, right. Um, the endocannabinoid system is a—it's the largest sort of neurotransmitter system in our body, and it's comprised of receptors. We have receptors from head to toe for all these cannabinoids. So you might say, why would we have receptors for cannabinoids in a plant? And what we have found is that. We make cannabinoids on our own. So we're sitting here making cannabinoids, at least two that we have researched. One is called anandamide, and that's a Sanskrit word for bliss. So when we make anandamide, it's like a serotonin and we feel good. If we don't make enough anandamide naturally, what happens is our incidence of anxiety, depression is way higher. And they've done research and shown that children with autism have very low levels of anandamide, which is, again, our own cannabinoid that we make in our body. So it's. F- so this is really interesting.
0: So, in other words, for some people who maybe have a genetic predisposition to anxiety or depression, it could be that they're, you're not making enough of these feel good substances in your body. And that's why you go on antidepressions and anxiety, which I think are fabulous, you know, under medical supervision, because they have helped so many people, you know, uh, get through life. And, you know, uh, so it's just absolutely wonderful. So what you're saying is that then, then we may not be making enough of these in our bodies, hence we have to go on medication. But you're saying that this could be a alternative, potentially uh, under the guidance of your physician, um, to help you with yes, some, yes. You know, if you don't make enough anandamide, what
1: happens is when you take CBD, it allows your body to retain more of your own anandamide. That's that's it's brilliant. It really is. And the anti-anxiety meds work more on serotonin, but CBD actually works on this natural anandamide. And, you know, what's interesting, Joan? you know how we've all heard of the runner's high. So you go out and you exercise and you come back and people say that's because the endorphins are coursing through your body. Well, guess what? They've done research and they find that what's really increasing in your body is anandamide. It's not as much the endorphins. So this runner's high may be attributable to increasing your own anandamide levels.
0: This is so, so fascinating. And you know, my head is spinning right now because I'm saying to myself, well, well, my goodness, if we could just, as you started to say, get more research funding in this area, um, we could really find out how to maybe potentially use this to our advantage. But right now my mind is saying, wow, I would imagine drug companies are looking into this because, you know, rather than making antidepressants or whatever that do have side effects or something, I mean, do you have a crystal ball? Are they like, you know, dipping their toes in the CBD? Market or it it, what?
1: Oh yes, they definitely are. In fact, we have one CBD drug already. It's called Epidiolex, and that's been approved for um, some childhood seizure disorders. It's been shown to be extraordinarily effective for seizures uh, in in children. So yeah, there is already a pharmaceutical CBD product. But here's Here's the problem, and you've probably heard of Marinol, Joan, it's uh, a THC, it's a pharmaceutical THC. So people who are undergoing chemotherapy, their doctors might might uh, recommend Marinol, which is a CBD, I mean, I'm sorry, it's a THC. Marinol is a THC pharmaceutical. But the problem with these many of these pharmaceuticals is that they are single molecules. Remember, we talked about the entourage effect and the synergy between all the components of the plant. Plucking out one of those cannabinoids isn't going to be nearly as effective as using the whole plant, and it comes with more side effects. So you really want to use a whole plant formula if you're going to look into cannabinoid medicine.
0: So for people on chemotherapy, and they've been prescribed this THC Pro- containing product, what
1: what? How does it help them? It decreases uh, nausea. I mean, that's oh, absolutely cannabis. People who are undergoing chemotherapy, I've worked with with many many people, and they get a vape pen, and they just take a few puffs on their vape pen, and it helps to to ease the um, the uh, nausea and the vomiting that often comes with chemo. I have a young man that i'm working with locally who has ulcerative colitis and he has to do a month a weekly methotrexate infusion and he would just vomit the nausea was overwhelming and he's actually finding relief using cbd to quell that nausea to quell that anxiety around this this infusion and i recently had him try a microdose of thc to see if that would help, and his wife told me that it really did. That he didn't have that sort of the dry heaving that he has every week when he when he has to do that. So it's it's such powerful medicine when used properly. It, it it just amazes me every day in every research study that that I that I read. There is a lot of research already out there, Joan. I don't want people to think because of the the federal law that there's no research. There really is a lot of research. Um, the one when we talk about mental health, there was uh, a, a, a recent study in an a outpatient psychiatric clinic, and there were seventy-two patients, and they gave them CBD, and they found an eighty percent decrease in anxiety among this population. So it's there are good studies.
0: Yeah, and you know i want to get into what you just said that you had a patient that does blank. So. That's important. Like when you want to talk to your healthcare provider about, you know, if this is this something that can work for me? Should I, uh, you know, look into this? But then you want to get advice to how to use it. And that's what you do. So tell me what you do and how did you get from a dietitian to be able to be knowledgeable about this and do what you do?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I, I I went to school. I did training at the Holistic Cannabis Academy, and I passed the exam. And then it's I just stay on top of things by reading the latest research. Now I'm teaching cannabis therapy at John Patrick University. And, you know, I have to stay up to date for that because, you know, I got to keep my students like you. Uh, We have to keep our students up to to date on the latest research. So it's it's just, it's fascinating. I mean, looking at things like as dieticians at diabetes, NHANES, which is the National Health in nutrition examination, sir, very good. You could probably correct me on very that. Very good. Phew. They found that cannabis users had a 17% decrease in insulin resistance and 16% lower fasting insulin levels.
0: Interesting.
1: Do you work with any doctors now? Like, did do the doctors send you their patients? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, they do. Oh my goodness. They do. I get referrals from doctors a lot because truthfully doctors don't really most uh, the vast majority of doctors do not know anything about cannabis as medicine. Now, some of them have gone and and pursued like me education and they do know. There are a couple of good cannabis doctors In uh, the Boston area, Ben Kaplan is one. I mean, there are some that really know what they're talking about, but the majority just say, you know what, I don't know about this. I've seen my patients get good results, call Janice. And that's how I, and then I work with them, yeah, and I just explain to them how it might help their condition, whether it's Parkinson's or ALS or Alzheimer's or, I mean, it's the, the pain, anxiety, insomnia. There are so many conditions that can be helped.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting because, you know, we as dietitians know that in medical school, they may get very little nutrition education and it took years, I mean decades for doctors to understand like you know, I, I know just enough a little bit about nutrition to be dangerous, so why don't I refer over to you, to the, over to the expert who's the registered dietitian nutritionist so again, I'm projecting forward um, do I see another aisle here where they're going to say okay, now for pain management or something, let me refer you over to people like um, Janice newell who has some background in this and can help you manage with um, the CBD products, and help you manage um, your health and wellness? And so here we go again. Is it, you talk about interprofessional um, management of a team approach? It go. It, there we go. We just added. We just added you to the team along with the registered dietitian and everything. <laughs> excellent.
1: <else>. Excellent. <laughs>
0: This has been absolutely fascinating, and and what's so exciting about this is that you know, we have a better understanding. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. More importantly, I love this simple guide to CBD, Fact, Fiction, and Path Forward um, that Janice wrote. It is a quick read. I'm putting it up on the spot on Facebook uh, page, and it's a link to Amazon. You could order it. It's extremely affordable. And um, this way you can find out more information, not only about this entire wellness uh, industry that's coming uh, um, upon us now, but also, you know, buyer be, everywhere and to understand that people like Janice exist and can help um, in this arena but this is absolutely fascinating you have opened up my eyes you um now I have a better understanding of this and I'm not as good as you but you know I do I am a little bit better at it but this is absolutely fascinating and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a promise to you that I'm gonna have you back because I'm I I know in as little as a year from now Things are going to be changing in this um, <clears throat> area of study. And it's going to be fascinating to see that where we have gone with this and what the future can hold and, um, you know, I, I, I keep on thinking of the story of your father and how it helped with pain management, and I think this is wonderful. Let's get some more research on this and figure out how we can use this in, in the total care of, of, of people out there. So with that, I want to thank Janice Newell-Bissett for being on Spot On and sharing your wisdom about CBD and cannabis and everything else in between.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you, Joan.
0: Thanks again. Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. Thank you for listening to spot on. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This way you'll get every new episode every week. And by the way, leave us a nice review. And can you also like us on our spot on Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes? Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joan Salji Blake. And oh, by the way, can you send this episode to five of your friends? Do I ask a lot of you?